If you take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 33 this morning, Psalm 33, we're going to do some scripture reading, we're going to do some praying, we're going to continue to worship, we're going to do some repenting, all condensed in just a few minutes, hopefully. I hope we were doing this just moments ago, and again we thank you praise team for helping us in it. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. In other words, what we're doing this morning, this is the right thing to do. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Praise his name. What a blessing to be able to continue in the same praise of the same God with these psalmists who went thousands of years before us, hundreds of years before us, both cases. And we still get to sing and say the same praises to the same great God. Now, this particular psalm 
is not talking specifically about the United States of America. When it says blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance, that's not us. Unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Unless you've put your hope in Jesus, then you are part of that inheritance that he's talking about. He was talking specifically to the nation of Israel in this psalm. The psalmist being an Israelite and the the nation of Israel having a special, unique relationship with God. They were the people chosen to inherit the land that they now inhabit in, 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 in the Middle East. But more importantly, the kingdom that was promised to them, that is still promised to them, and to those of us who are engrafted into that nation through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we celebrate this week and this weekend, our nation's independence, our freedom as a country, let's be careful not to worship the country. As he says over and over again in this psalm, kings, armies, they can't save. Countries can't save. Only the Savior can save. And those of us who are his, that's who he's talking about when when he calls out the righteous, when he calls out the upright. Only those of us who have put our trust in Christ can really have this eternal hope that he's talking about. Nations don't bring that. Oh, the nation of Israel, again, was unique. It brought that in the, fa- in the way that it was promised to bring the Messiah, the Savior, to the world. And so it was through Israel, through that nation, that salvation comes to all of us who believe. But no nation can save. But, as we see from God's Word, as we saw from the Scripture that we read um, a moment ago when Mark read it from 1 Timothy chapter 2, I'd also like to read from Proverbs 14, so turn with me there as well. Proverbs chapter 14, another passage that speaks of the nations. And and remember, the scripture, especially the Old Testament, is full of admonitions to nations. God cares about nations. What the United States of America is doing is important to God. He gave us the opportunity to do what we're doing right now. And so it's important to him. And he's done that with every nation. It's important to him what nations are doing. But this verse applies even more directly than Psalm 33. Proverbs 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And so as we think of the blessing of being a part of the United States of America, we recognize that we as a nation have a lot to repent of. We as individuals within our nation have a lot to repent of. We as believers in Jesus Christ within the United States of America have a lot to repent of. As we search the scriptures, and as I encourage you to do so regularly, and I know that many of you do, and some of you haven't started yet, but again, I want to encourage you again, start digging into your Bible. Even though it's July 5th, a lot of people try to start on January 1st. If you had every intention to start reading your Bible this year, and you still just haven't quite gotten around to it, start July 5th. 
And you can start anywhere you want. I'd encourage you to start in the New Testament if you've never done it before. But wherever you want to start, start and read it and see what God says about nations. See what God says about his creation. See what God says about people. See what God says about sin. See what God says about judgment. See what God says about salvation. See what God says about eternity. Take time to look. Don't take somebody else's word for it. Don't take my word for it. I'm committed to telling you the truth every time I open my mouth, but don't take my word for it. Be like the Bereans that we that you read about in the in the book of Acts, who searched the scriptures daily to see if what the apostle Paul said was true. I encourage you to be that kind of believer. Be that kind of church member. Dig into the word and make sure that I'm telling you the truth, that your teachers here at Midway are telling you the truth, that your brothers and sisters at Midway that encourage you with the word of God are telling you the truth. Dig in and look. Again, a lot of people would, would read that psalm from uh, that passage from the Psalm 33 and say, hey, that's talking about the United States. Well, it is in a certain respect, but only in the respect that those of us who put our trust in Christ are able to be a part of his inheritance. He's not talking about a nation. See, a lot of people get confused about those kind of things with, with bad teaching. And there are, there are people on 4th on of July weekend and, and throughout the year that think, hey, you know, as long as I'm a part of America, I'm fine with God. Because we're, we're such a great nation. Because we're such a great Christian nation. That's not the truth. Being a part of the United States of America has nothing to do with your relationship with God other than the fact that it provides you the freedom to hear the word of God and, and know how you can be saved by putting your trust in Christ. That's how the United States fits into salvation. Being a part of America or, or serving in the military or dying for your country, none of that stuff makes you right with God. Oh, it's an honor to do so because of the kind of country that it is, but it doesn't make you right with God. Being made right with God comes through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and only through His Son. And so we are so thankful to be a part of the United States that we can, by the fulfillment of God's promises, the answers to the prayers of many, we can do these kinds of things this morning. And we can personally share our faith with others. These are wonderful blessings and things that we must be thankful for. But we also have to remember that as God looks at our nation as a whole, he sees beyond just those simple things that we do as a church. He also sees our morality. He also sees our violence. He also sees our injustice. He sees our prejudice. He sees our racism. He sees our sexism. He sees our ageism. He sees all of those isms. He's not pleased with any of them. And so as we celebrate having such a wonderful free country, we also have to take some time and evaluate our own hearts. We have to take some time as we as we go through these crises that we're in right now in, in America. You know, one of them being a racial crisis. We have to take some time. And I've addressed this in a, in a previous message, and I encourage you to go back if you weren't here that day, to go back and listen to that. But this is a time for us to listen to what people are saying, what people of other experiences, what people of other races are saying about their experience in the United States, about their experience with justice, about their experience with oppression. And we, we, we have something to learn as we listen. And then to do our part 
And this is such a wonderful thing about the United States, to do our part through lifting our voices to those who represent us in our government to make the kind of changes that will actually do some people some good. That will, that will actually make us a more just nation. We need to use our, our ears to start with to find out what the experience of those that we don't relate to necessarily from our own experience, what they're going through and what they face. And then do what we can to help make those changes within our country. It's an amazing country that we get to vote. That we get to, that we get to encourage and, and tell our representatives what we think about things. And it actually makes a difference. Some people say, oh, it doesn't make a difference. I've been calling for years. Or I've been writing for years. But no, it does make a difference. It doesn't make a difference every single time. But it makes a difference, a difference over time. And we need to re recognize that and remember to be a part of that process. But the first thing we need to do is examine our own hearts and make sure that we, as his children, and remember, we've talked about all, all people that have ever been created are, in a certain sense, God's children. But those of us who have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been called the children of God. We've been called that by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We are his children when we put our trust in him. And those of us who have that special relationship with him have a special relationship to our country. And so let's make sure that as we celebrate this wonderful place, these wonderful freedoms, that we are using them for his purposes. First of all, to live the kind of lives that he wants us to live. To have the kind of morality, sexual ethical morality to not settle for any kind of impurity or immorality in our lives and as we recognize that, that we're guilty of any of those things that we would confess those things that we would not be a part of the problem of our nation that we would not be a part of the sin of our nation that, but that we would be rising above by the help that God gives us by his Holy Spirit through the truth of his word, by the body of Christ, that we, would, that we would rise above that in morality and in violence. Our, our country is a violent place. Oh, we've been talking about police brutality or hearing about it a lot, and there's a lot of that that needs to be changed. And we need to do what we can, again, in the voting booth and with our pens and with our phone calls and, and, and all of those kinds, all the technology that we have to, to make our voices heard. We need to make our voices heard concerning those things. But there's also a lot of violence in our country taking place in places that are supposed to be taking care of babies and instead they're taking their lives. That, that continues to go on. Even though we got these other crises going on that seem to have gotten, the, gotten center stage and attention, the unborn are still being killed every single day right in our own communities god is not pleased with that violence either and so do what you can we do what we can as a church we can do more as you have opportunities to do more but do what you can to support those who are supporting life who are fighting against that legislation against those court rulings that continue to allow it in our country. We'll never stop. We should never stop until we stop doing it. Even though it's taken forever, don't stop. Don't stop praying about it. Don't stop caring about it. Don't stop thinking about it. Don't stop writing about it. Don't stop voting about it. 
It's a huge, huge sin for our nation, and we need to do our part. And if that has affected you, if you've been a part of that, know that as we've been singing these songs, as we're reading these scriptures, God's forgiveness covers that sin as well. So don't let it thwart your walk with God. Don't let it stop you from being the man or woman that God has made you to be. But face it for what it is. And get it right before him and with him. There is forgiveness with him. There is mercy with him. There is grace with him. But don't stop. We can't stop. We can't let that go. We can't just say, well, we've gotten it better. It's not not happening as much or it's not as late in the term. No, it has to stop completely because it's God did not give life to be snuffed out like that. Those babies in the womb are made in his image just like all of us are. And they deserve life. God gives them that right. He gives them that gift. And we need to demand it in our country. So we can do that in the ways that we can. And maybe some new ways. Maybe God will use some of us to come up with new ways to fight it and to be successful in it. But we can't rest. We can't let it go. And that's the same with all of these things. With the immorality in our country that's rampant, let's not participate. And let's encourage those who are caught up in that. Let's encourage them in the word of God. Let's encourage them in the grace and mercy of God. Let's help them see that they also can turn their lives over to Christ and he will take their lives, whatever they've done with them, he will take them, he'll put them back together and he'll make them a child of God. He'll give them a great future, a great hope, a great standing with God, no matter what their past has been. Let's voice that to those that we know. Let them hear it from us, what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ, what it means to be righteous, what it means to be upright as we read about ourselves in the Word of God. Not things that we have done, but what God has done for us through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, as we close. 1 Peter chapter 2, a reminder of who we are in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2.9. This is to all of us who believe. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And he's not talking about the United States. He's talking about all of us in this world who believe. We are citizens, as we sang earlier this morning, we are citizens of heaven. We're a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I want to continue on. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens, as strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. That covers them all, folks. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You see the conclusion? 
even those, and he uses the word pagan, even, and that's for those who don't believe in God, who don't believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, even those who don't believe and are accusing those of us who do believe of doing wrong, his goal for them is that they would also be able to glorify him on the day he visits us. Do you see what he's hoping for? Do you see what he's shooting for? The same thing that Mark read about in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He wants them also to come to faith in Christ. And so we need to remember that as well. Even people who are fighting against us, he wants them to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And the most likely suspects of those who would tell them and who would show them what it means to be a Christian are those that they are attacking. So let's remember that in this war that we're in in the United States of America. Because we're at war. Let's remember that the ultimate goal is that those who are fighting against us who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and want to continue to have freedom to proclaim our faith and to, and to, and to praise God in the ways that we want to, to have those freedoms, as we continue to fight in the political way for those freedoms, let's remember that even those that oppose us are God's creation, and he wants them to be born again too. He wants them also by the final day, when it comes time for people to bring him glory for eternity, he wants them to be a part of that grand body, of that great party. He wants them to be a part of it. So don't forget about them. Don't forget about those who differ from us in our values. Don't forget about those who, who differ from us in, in, the, in the lifestyles and all those kind of things. His concern is that they would come to faith in Christ and that he would see Christ in us, even in the battle. So remember who you are as believers in the United States. Remember remember who you represent with every conversation, with friends. Because remember, there's usually some foes listening when you're having conversation with friends. Remember that people are listening. Remember to watch your speech, to watch your anger, to watch your disrespect. And remember that those are people that the Lord Jesus Christ died for and that he desires to come to faith for eternal life for forgiveness of sins that's his goal for them he loves them just like he loves us and so let's remember our high calling and our great opportunity to to live up to that calling in this country praise god for the united states of america god bless america god help america God help us to be his righteousness and his stand for righteousness in this country. That we would not be a church of sin that is a disgrace to any nation. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the privilege of celebrating the beginning of our country and the blessings of our country by thanking you in this public forum and format today. What a blessing it is to be here. What a blessing it is to be able to also do it online so that all of us, no matter where we are, can lift up praise to you for what you've done for us in the United States of America. 
But we thank you that even better than our citizenship in America is our citizenship in heaven. So help us remember that we are still aliens and strangers here and that our goal above all else is to bring you glory in such a way that others would follow along. Even those who oppose us, even those who hate us. Shine your light and your love through us. Let justice and love flow out of our mouths and out of our lives. And may we be a witness to even those who are working against us. And Father, we pray that during this time of COVID and of racial unrest and political upheaval, we pray that you would convict men and women, boys and girls all around our country of sin. You've written your law in their hearts. Even if they've not had any background in your word, they know your law from birth. They know the basics of right and wrong, and they know they're breaking it. Father, convict them of that. And then we pray that you would bring us, your people, your church, your word into their lives so that they will know what to do when they're convicted of their sin. They'll know who to turn to and that Jesus Christ is the only Savior, the only way that they can have a right relationship with you, the only way that they can be forgiven of their sins, the only way that they can do what you made them to do to bring you honor and praise and glory through their lives until they meet you in glory. We pray that you would create a great awakening in our country during these difficult days. That many would come to faith and that many in your church would be revived, would again look to eternity first, would look to you first, would, would put you first in their lives. You'd forgive us of our greed. Forgive us of our laziness. Forgive us of our complacency. That we would be your church, that we would be your light in this country and in this world for your glory. And Father, if there's anyone here or in our service this morning who's still trying to make it on their own, still trying to, to do things better so they can please you, Father, help them to see that they're fighting a lost cause, that they were born in sin and until they're forgiven by you, until they're changed by you, they have no hope in this life or for eternity. Remind them, show them, give them the faith to put their trust in Jesus Christ, your son. And give them that free salvation that you've given all of us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the praise team is going to come now and close us with one more song of praise. And as they do, I would invite you, we'll, we'll do a social distancing uh, invitation. If you uh, want to express to this congregation this morning your, for, um, your new relationship with Christ through your faith in him that you've just prayed to receive or sometime recently you haven't let anybody know yet, we would give you an opportunity this morning to let us know that so we can celebrate with you. Maybe you want to join the fellowship of our church this morning. Again, in a social distancing kind of way, come on up and let us know that. We will celebrate your decision to come with us if you're already a believer in Christ. We'll celebrate your, um, uh, your 
your fellowship with us and your use of your gifts in this fellowship. And we'll introduce you uh, to, the rest of the, to the rest of this body. Let's stand together as we sing this last song and give God the honor and the glory that he deserves. Sing with gusto.